Disclaimer. Explain It Me is a podcast hosted by two adults who drink in the safety of their own home. If you are joining in on the fun while listening, please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and know your limits. Stay safe and have fun. As you listen to episodes, you may hear us make mistakes like names of films, actors, and actresses, as well as other unrelated facts. Please remember that we are both intoxicated while making this show and are aware of these mishaps. Please do not yell at the podcast while listening. We cannot hear you. I'm two and a half wines in. I feel red. Can we get back to the movie, please? Kiss confusion. Oh, we don't know that yet. (laughs) Dad's disease. Explain it me. Explain. Explain it me. getting pains I've never had before in my life. Oh, you started recording already, didn't you? Because we're talking about sadness, so I know that we are, we're, we're live. Well, I, it, it, I started recording when I took a deep sigh. Oh. Fuck it! We'll do it live! <laughs> Rest in peace, Bill O'Reilly. You're not dead yet, but I know you will die at some point soon. Also, <laughs> not that I give a shit. You're a piece of shit. I really am. Is everybody else... Let me... Hold on. English. Words. Yeah. Everyone saw Mitch McConnell have a stroke on live TV. So, are we all ready for him to die? Because it's going to be like Christmas. Listen, he already looks like a fucking toad that has been soaked in acid for three months. So I don't understand how he's still... His skin is like leather smooth at the same time, (laughs) even though it's fucking wrinkly. Like, some bitch on his assistance team is like... Yo, you need to moisturize. It definitely looks like a turkey neck, but smooth, not yeah, wrinkled. Like, like it's, a ball it's sack weird. would be. Yeah. I just want him to die hard. <laughs> and I feel like a stroke is easy. It's either any day now or in like 10 years. <sighs> he He's went back 81. To, he went Come back on. to work yesterday. So, and they tell you that if you have a stroke, you need, you need time to recuperate. You need time Where to... Where is the Grim Reaper? The Grim, the Grim Reaper has been taken many vacation days. Because there's, there's plenty of people in, in politics who need to die. Also, I don't know where I read this or heard this, and people can fact check it if they want, but apparently somebody, you know, leaked information that everybody in politics, everybody at the Senate, they all take Alzheimer's medication, even though they don't have it, because it helps retain memory. <laughs> Which means they're so fucking old, they shouldn't be doing this job anymore. Excuse me, but y'all, is the retirement age not 65 in this country? But that's a false, that's a farce because... Right, yes, I... That's I a really, choice if you could retire at 65. Okay. These are people that definitely should retire. Yes. I'm horribly disgusted by our country by the fact that you have fucking like 70 year old people working at target just to get by because social security <sighs> ain't shit i'm already that's sad. i know <laughs> but like these are people that have go fucking on vacation is all i'm saying until you die they want to be evil and retain more money people i don't know if you know this but you can't take it with you when you die there is no atm in heaven what, what is it called i think it's called swedish death cleaning have you heard of this no it's like a theory on cleaning out your house where you go through all the items that you have and like either you think about well if i die would anyone want this or you call your relatives and family members and whoever else that you care about and be like yo 
when I peace the fuck out, do you want my shit? I would love if I had, if I lived in a world where I had nothing to do and I didn't have to worry about money, I would go to people's homes after they die and get to go through their shit and just take whatever I want. But that would mean I yeah, would need like... Yeah, that's an estate sale. Yeah, I know. But that, but I don't, I don't want to pay for it. I just want to take your shit if I like it. And then like, I would have like a greenhouse, but it'd just be for shit. You know, I don't know if people... You would take a greenhouse? Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck No, no, I would have my own greenhouse okay. to store shit, like a warehouse on my Why property. Why the fuck a greenhouse? It's because all glass. Because that's how I imagine a big enough place to store so my hoarding I want, shit. I want a storage unit that <laughs> but, is made of yeah. glass. <laughs> if you're not Jewish, you won't if get it. If one box falls, the whole building is falling apart. Jews love to hoard shit. What is and that, it, that has to do with historic trauma, but... Yeah, what what's that um, horror movie that's based on, like, the Jewish juju box of death? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Dybbuk box. Dybbuk box, And it's called, the movie's called Possession. With my man, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And recently I saw a clip on TikTok of a woman who swears that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was DMing her on Instagram. That he, he who is married... The Jeffrey Dean Morgan slid into the DMs and was like, I need you to take out $8,000 of Apple gift cards and send them to me. I would love... She didn't know that was embezzlement, whatever. It was uh, money laundering. Money laundering. (laughs) I would love to know, because there's a bunch of these stories. Either people just pretend to be someone hot and they steal someone, like, a model's photos, or they pretend to be an actor. I would love to know if one of these is actually true. <laughs> and, like, the person finds out, like, all right, people are trying to scam <laughs> using me. Fuck it. Let's do it. I want $8,000 in iTunes gift cards. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? Well, you can tell, I guess. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Um, So, welcome to explain it me a podcast for two women rant <laughs> talk about a film that's confusing in plot and the twist is is that we're supposed one of us is supposed to be drunk when they're telling it yeah but um, both of us are pretty yeah we i didn't blazed. eat anything since breakfast and we're recording way later than we usually same do. i also didn't eat anything since breakfast yep. so uh i have a question for you you have a question for me what movie are we doing today oh that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> today we are doing the 1997 movie, <laughs> The Fifth Element. Okay. Here's Banger. What, here's what... It's a good movie, right? Or it's, it's, it's a acclaimed? fucking classic. Okay. I've never seen it. I have not seen this movie in a very long time. And first of all, I forgot how fucking dance this movie is. Can I ask a question? Yes. Is Bruce Willis... Is Mila Jojovovich in this or no? Yes. She is. Okay. Is Sylvester Stallone in this? No. I'm thinking of a different movie where he plays, like, somebody in space. So, okay. Chris Tucker is in this? Yes. Okay. And it takes place in the future? Yes. All right. That's all I know about it. I literally have no... I think, if I had to assume, Mila Djovovich is a prisoner? No. Or convict? No. Okay. But they're chasing her for some reason. Yes. All right. That's but literally f- my my knowledge of this film. Okay. I, I will only mention this now because my brain remembers it, and I didn't write this down, but they were considering someone else for the role that Chris Tucker plays in it, and it was either going to be Michael Jackson or Prince. 
I mean, both of those people seem like they could play the part. I know what Chris Tucker looks like in this movie yes, and sounds like. but I don't see either one being able to pull off what he does because there's a part later on in this movie. I mean, any scene that he's really in is really hard to explain because it's like... Crazy. It, it's crazy, but like it's like comedic gold that like... It's hard Which to is explain. surprising because he's not funny. He's great in this. In this. In this, he's great. This was the movie that I'm sure everybody watched and they were like, oh, we're, we gotta watch him. But then you see Rush Hour, that racist piece of shit. Listen, <laughs> it's a period piece for sure. <laughs> Rush Hour? I mean, listen, you, there's so many things that we can look back on and be like, yeah, during the time it was accepted, but now sure, obviously Sure, fine. If realize... you want to make that argument, that's fine. I still don't think that, I think that the movie production company was probably Did like, you watch Rush Hour recently? No, no, but I've seen it enough because my parents used to think it was hilarious. I mean, there's like four of them, I, I think. Yeah, I'm just talking about the first one, which is probably the better one out of all of them anyway, but I'm sure the movie production company was like, oh, loud hysterical black man we're gonna put him in the movie and what are we gonna have as his partner asian man who speaks broken english who is karate star i don't even know what what the fuck is his name jackie chan is he chinese or is he japanese he's chinese okay so karate is okay right yeah that's chinese all right i'm trying to be appropriate here (laughs) i'm not being racist i just don't know i'm not thinking that you are (laughs) but like i mean he does speak broken english because english is not his first language no and, and that's he got fine big i don't doing karate like going i'm after not shaming Bruce him Lee's. for that i'm shaming the white executives who are like it's gonna be great because <laughs> you see him in every other movie there's a movie where he's what is it shanghai noon where he's with owen wilson and there's a bunch of movies he's yeah there. but it's the same premise white man and jackie chan and jackie chan is yeah, speaking jackie chan was hot shit because bruce lee was dead so they're like yo he bruce was hot lee was shit. respected i think it's again it's because of the time that things like this came out now i'm not excusing anything inappropriate excusing excusing, excusing. we don't excuse we explain <laughs> anything like racist or just out of fucking line that they did but they took him more into like a comedic thing yeah to to not just have an action movie be just action like have it more entertaining so everyone can watch the whole family can enjoy it all right so uh fifth element the (laughs) jesus director is luke besson he did leon the professional he was the writer for lucy did he direct The Professional or he wrote it? I think he directed it. I okay. don't remember. It was late last night. <laughs> <laughs> writer for Lucy. He was the writer for Taken 1, 2, and 3. Oh, shit. That's a Christmas movie in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this guy has also done a bunch of TV shows. Writers for this. He is a writer. And also Robert Mark Kamen, who also wrote and helped him work on all of the Taken movies. Okay. He also did... Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3. The original. Yes. Okay. And a bunch of TV shows. Cast. We got Bruce Willis. He's the main character, right? Yes. One of. Because it's him and Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Gary Oldman. Ian Holm. Gary Oldman is in this too? Yes. I was just about to fucking mention him because you said the professional and how I was talking about him with my family and I'm like, he's a fantastic actor, a phenomenal actor. He is a piece of shit. Also... Really? Yeah. He's in Oppenheimer. And I was like, why the fuck is he in Oppenheimer? And my sister's like, I don't know, but apparently he seals the whole show with his small part. And I'm like, because he's a fantastic actor. So, Ian Holm and Chris Tucker. 
Ian Holm. It's okay. Like You definitely know him. Probably. I don't care. Well, all right, let me look up the cast. Question. Hit me. Could you ever see yourself falling in love with someone in two days? 48 hours? And they're like the per they come off as the perfect person. Well, that's what they always come off as. And then they end up fucking stealing your bank account and your social security number. All right, we don't get to that point. But just we're living in these 48 hours. In a very serious tone, which is rare for this podcast, time does not measure feelings. Your feelings come very quick sometimes. They sometimes develop over time. Sometimes you don't even realize that you feel the things that you do. I think it's possible. Donna believes. Believes. In love for sight. I do. And I also think that sometimes love at first sight happens, but you don't realize that it happens. It's not till later till you reflect that you realize like, yeah, it was love at first sight. Because I have experienced that. I just think that it's possible to fall in love with somebody quicker than you would imagine, but you fall in love with them for the parts that you see then. So there's more to come. So either you'll fall further in love as you get to know them, or you'll be like, oh, this was a mistake. I love them, but there's too many red flags and you run away. So yeah, I think it's possible. Would I? I I would question myself highly because I am insecure about my own mind. This is possibly a little bit of a spoiler. Okay. Oh, Ian Holm died. Oh, he's um from Lord of the Rings. He plays the old Hobbit. And famously, he's one of the shipmates in Alien, the original. Yes. Bilbo. He's Bilbo Baggins because Elijah Wood is Frodo. I almost said Hobby because <laughs> I mixed Hobbits and Dobby. You're going to say Papa? Universes, man. Oh, I was going to add, um, adding to this 48-hour thing, at the end of the 48 hours, you say I love you to them. I mean, yeah, sure, okay, I could see myself doing that, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't think back and be like, you fucking idiot, why did you do that? (laughs) All right, movie starts. (laughs) We see Earth from outer space. Who is she? (laughs) She's thick. (laughs) And there's a giant alien spaceship approaching it. The ship straight up looks like they fucking super glued some coconuts together. (laughs) So it looks like Donkey Kong's ass floating into space? It's like butt plug shaped a little bit. (laughs) I was picturing coconuts, which are round, and you're telling me, like, a silicone cone. But it, it's like as if you took, like, coconuts and cut them in half and, like, arranged them. Okay. They, the ship looks fuzzy, like a coconut. Like Donkey Kong's ass. Yes. Okay. We're looking at it, and then we pan down to Earth. We get a little fucking bleep bloop on the bottom. It's Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, listen up. It's Egypt. I was just calling to tell y'all, you see that coconut ass floating in the sky? (laughs) Egypt out. It's 1914. You see a little boy on a donkey. It's 1914? Yes. Egypt was alive and... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We see a little boy on a donkey and he's running up to a bunch of other boys who are sitting outside of like this stone cave. Like it's... We're in the fucking desert. Imagine... I feel like I'm talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what? desert and just like this giant stone coming out of the ground and then there's a cave that goes into it so the young boy who just rode in on his donkey bitch he runs into the cave and we see that there's an archaeologist looking at a wall filled with like hieroglyphics and there's an assistant that the archaeologist has and then there's like another little boy sitting in there and the archaeologist is looking at the hieroglyphics and he's like he knows how to fucking read them well he's an archaeologist right but they're not like egyptian they're not traditional they're space hieroglyphics okay let me just say this they're not like the traditional hieroglyphics she hit us with a twist (laughs) two minutes in space hieroglyphics yes 
Hieroglyphics are specific to Egypt, no? Yes. So they're written in Egyptian hieroglyphics, but it's talking about space. It looks like they are, because, like, there's a specific way that they look, but just, like, the style of art that is used isn't the same as hieroglyphics. Okay. It's not that shaky shit where they drew like a dog and it looks like a goddamn like, box. Know, little yeah. like it's somebody more took like, a laser to this. It looks bitch. more like cave drawings, like chipped into stone, chiseled into stone, as opposed to like traditional. Imagine sexing like that. <laughs> it would take you two weeks to write. I want to suck your dick. It would take you more than that. You would have to hire someone. <laughs> Get a fucking tablet of stone. <laughs> and they might die of like typhoid then you get the little boy with the donkey (laughs) to fucking message it to the next village (laughs) thank god we don't live in 1914 i would not survive those trends on me a witch they'd fucking (laughs) those trends on the internet of like name anything that would send a victorian child into cardiac arrest whatsapp (laughs) (laughs) archaeologist guy is reading this and he's saying some shit about snakes and evil and apparently the hieroglyphics are telling him that there's some crazy horrible shit that's supposed to happen every 5,000 years. What? We don't know. We will find out. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) The fuck? Some alien race is supposed to attack, I don't know if it's Earth specifically, but basically what's happening every 5,000 years is that something tries to destroy all of life in the whole universe. The entire universe. Yes. Which we don't even know what's in the... Yes. Well, actually, you know, I'm so glad we're talking about aliens because the government came out and said, we got a UFO, bitches. <laughs> oh, you know, the, we, we got a whistleblower. I don't need anymore. <laughs> it's not that I don't... Listen, I treat aliens like COVID. It's not that I don't know it exists. I just want to not know that it's there. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> These hieroglyphics are supposed to be explaining, like... I'm trying to word this, because this is so fucking dense, and it has to do with the entire movie. I don't want to lose you right away, even though I probably have. Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) The hieroglyphics are showing him that there are four elements, so what are they? Oh. Uh, Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't ask. I was me. like, right, four, because there's a fifth. Um, the four elements. I didn't take chemistry. Um, it's it's basic bitch. <laughs> water. Yeah. Liquid. Liquid. They they say water. Air. Yeah. Solid. Earth. And gas. Wait. Wind? Wind, earth, water, and fire. Yeah. Those are the elements. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the like the gas. Uh, no, like, we're not we're not oh, right. We're not okay. on the fucking I what was... the fuck is it called? Table. <laughs> the periodic table. I don't know. We're any not on of the pyramid bitches. table. <laughs> bitches, bitches, bitch. I don't know any of those bitches. Whatever. Fuck it. I gotta cut that. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so there's a fifth element? Yes. What is it? You'll find out. Okay. It's literally in the next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this bad juju, okay? This hieroglyphic fixes the bad juju. Uh, the fifth element, I'm a getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm a getting. <laughs> So the way that it's like a drawing and it has each element in like a square, right? So we got like earth, wind, fucking fire and water. And in the very center, we have a person standing. So I literally am imagining that goddamn thing from Courage the Cowardly Dog. What thing? Like, Give me the slab. When he's like that, you know, I don't it's rem- got that hieroglyphic slab and it needs the rest of it. And it has like squiggly hair and it's just standing like it looks like a corpse. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, God. 
yo that show man i love that show but it fucked me up so the archaeologist i started calling him archie at some point because i kept writing archaeologist i'm like my brain isn't gonna handle this so archie keeps saying some shit that like whoa this is crazy fucking amazing this discovery that i just found and then we see some creepy guy who we find out is a priest aren't they always <laughs> come into the cave and come we see a creepy guy who, who is a priest come the little boy that ran in he had like a jug of water or something like that so the priest says don't worry little boy i will take this water off of you i will put poison in it yeah that sounds egyptian <laughs> what he poisons the jug of water yes so basically, he's trying to poison the archaeologist because of what he's finding. Now, why he would even let this bitch into the cave if he knew he shouldn't be there? Great fucking question. But he comes up and he pours them water and the archaeologist dude is like, Oh, priest, like, super happy that you're here. Like, how's life? <laughs> and he's like, aren't you thirsty? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, we should celebrate. And then I think the archaeologist says like, oh, well, you know, we can't. We can't celebrate with water. <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> Boy, aka assistant. Get me some Hennessy. Go get me some adult juice. <laughs> so he runs off. And while this is happening, we get a shot from outside of the cave. And the coconut Donkey Kong bitch ass spaceship is landing outside of the cave. Now, the assistant sees that this is happening. But the archaeologist is still like super into the fucking hieroglyphics. And a spaceship opens up, and we get these aliens coming out. They look weird. They were apparently, I didn't write this down, the costumes were reused in, like, one of the Star Wars movies. I was about to say, don't they look like Star Wars characters? They... Are they, like, blue with, like, shit coming out of their head? No, they're, oh. they're gold. Oh, okay. They look like giant beetles. Like, they're huge and round, and then they just have these little teeny tiny ant faces. I'm going to look up what they look like okay. because everything you just said to me, I had to spell out in my head every <laughs> word and I lost you at gold. Cool. So the priest guy sees the aliens coming and he drops his knees, begging please, and starts praying. This looks like if somebody said, let's put Snorlax in a C3PO suit. They kind of look like if Baymax and C3PO had a baby. You're not wrong. Baymax is cute. And then there was a little ant that got... <laughs> in the jizz i mean i don't see the ant face as much as i see like the spikes on his back well be you i kind of see it now i see it the now. head like moves yes. separately and it's I super teeny I tiny i clicked on it to make it bigger because you can do that on your cell phone oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and i was able to see and confirm they look like they have ant heads okay beth i'm going to <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> i've been reduced to a beth <laughs> When Donna's acting like a white woman from Long Island, her name is Beth. So what do these gold bitches want? I was Uptown getting funk to this. <laughs> is blasted in the background. They're all getting ready to drink this Jesus juice. The priest starts talking to these aliens. And he's like, yo, there was no reason for you to come. I was going to take care of the situation. I was going to poison the motherfucker. No one would know. And they start talking to him. And they're like, you have done good. You and your predecessors. But war is coming. And the stones are not safe on earth anymore uh-oh we're, we're delving into some marvel shit the stones aren't isn't that what they're fighting over yeah and, but uh, it's not those are like avengers, fucking pebbles avengers now, afterlife <laughs> end game yeah <laughs> <Afterlife>. <laughs> they call them stones 
but they look like um i don't know they're like tall boys uh, yes stephanie just measured a can <laughs> instead of making a circle for a stone because they call that's why i'm saying they call it a stone but it doesn't look like a stone they're yay height tall boy height say they're Jaeger jaeger mice <laughs> And they're triangle shaped. So it's just a... So it's like a 3D triangle? It's like a just a tall triangle. Get okay. it? Yeah. Okay. How many are there? There's four. Is there a fifth one though? No. Oh. Because what did I say? In the little fucking drawing, there's a person in the middle. Oh, okay. I totally don't know who that is. <laughs> so I will... I, I'm reading, but I'm not reading what I wrote. So here we go. That's okay. I'm breathing, but I'm not breathing. <laughs> Tell what? me how you're supposed to breathe with no air. Air. No air, no air. No air, air. Oh. you're using too much. Ooh. What? <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. Stephanie just gave me the best idea. Who's ready for my new play? The Submersible on Broadway, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'll put in modern pop songs to center around the storyline. So at some point, all six people or five in the tin can will sing Neo's No Air. What? Too soon. No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right. So what the fuck are the stones, you may ask? Well, the stones are a weapon that is supposed to protect Earth. I don't know if specifically. They never fully explain. But why does Earth need protection? Earth don't got no rights. Earth ain't a person. It can't own property. We see one of the aliens has a little special key that comes out of his funger. And he sticks his key funger in the wall. Okay. And the wall opens. And we find out that there is a tomb behind the wall that the Arky was reading all the hieroglyphs and shit on. And he's just standing there and he's like, this is really amazing. And someone looks over. I don't remember if it's an alien or a person, mm -hmm. but somebody looks over and like gives them the like, yo, take him out. And a different alien comes up behind Arky and just like touches him and he just fucking passes out. So the door opens. The door. <laughs> the the wall. Not the walls. The door. The, the, the cave the, has doors. <laughs> the wall door. I mean, they just go. They you just hear the Home Depot song playing in the background. <laughs> That's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the room. It has four, like, pedestals, because it looks like that, and stones standing on top of them. And then there's, like, a little stage in the middle where there's a fucking coffin. I was going to say, coffins were invented in 1914? I mean, I can't, what, what yes. the fuck, the shit the mummy goes in. Oh, a sarcophagus. A sarcophagus. Isn't that what it's called? Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus? Sir. Sir? Sarcophagus? I'm pretty sure. It's a sarcophagus. No, it's not sarcophagus. It's not sarcophagus. <laughs> Yo, bitch. What is the thing that the mummies are put in? I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Siri. What do mummies go in? I didn't get that. Could you try again? Not mommies. Mummies. <laughs> You're right. I would not have spelt that word with an R. <laughs> I didn't know it was called a sarcophagus. I thought it was a sarcophagus. No, they're not sucking cocks. It's a stone coffin. So it looks like that, but the face is not facing forward. It's going up like it's yelling at the sky. It's mad. <laughs> oh, so it's not just laying still. It's like looking. it's standing up. Okay. But the face, instead of being Face facing forward, forward it's, it's on the top of okay. it facing up. So these alien bitches go in. They take the stones and they take this 
sarcophagus and they leave now barky man is passed the fuck out but the assistant is still up and he's having a hissy fit he's just like what the fuck is going on this isn't okay what is these big bitches coming in here the wall just opened walls can move what (laughs) automation so he pulls out a gun now you know what i'm gonna ask you right what there were guns in 1914 yeah we still not since braveheart our third episode on this show have found out when guns were invented oh god hey siri <laughs> when's were when's <laughs> when were guns invented? when's was you the bringing the guns <laughs> when were guns invented according to wikipedia the first device identified as a gun a bamboo tube that used gunpowder to fire a spear appeared in china around eighty one thousand. Okay. i, I want to say not eighty one thousand. that's a d yeah. one thousand Okay, that's not the kind of, you know, no one's like, I'm going to hit you with my Glock bamboo. I need you to find out when this, the hard guns, metal, or. <laughs> I was going to say it, but you beat me to the punch. 13th century. What year is that? 12? 12s? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. Can you say yes or no? Yes. All right, good. That's all guns, a thing. That's too early. I don't. People like to kill each other. So he pulls out a gun. All the other aliens have left at this point, and it's just the priest talking, I guess, to, like, the main alien bitch. So, assistant dude is holding out a gun, pointing it at the alien, and the priest is like, chill. Uh, he doesn't chill. He trips. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He trips and he shoots off the gun, and it hits the alien, but he's a metal bitch. Like, come on. It, it, it just goes, bing, and bounces off. But this causes the doors there's a sensor in the doors the doors start closing the walls yes the, she could be wall- describing indiana jones right now like the it walmart would- <laughs> stone fucking automated doors the 7-eleven <laughs> cave doors well 7-eleven don't have automated doors like grocery stores do some do that's rare they start closing now big mamma jamma alien bitch is slow he can't run <laughs> no shit he ain't a runner he ain't a track star so the priest is yelling at him like come on you can still make it like just fucking waddle faster definitely he should just roll he doesn't make it spoiler <laughs> but he's like he basically says like my life isn't important just keep telling everyone after you what to do are the aliens good or bad they're good I thought they were bad. I thought they were bad at this point. Okay. No, they're good guys. So before the wall closes, the alien gives the priest, like, he shoves his arm. He sticks his hand in it and his hand gets crushed, but his funger is fine. So the the guy takes Why do you keep calling it that? Because it's funger. (laughs) Priest is like, cool, I'll tell him. So we in the future now, fam. (laughs) 300 years later. Now, I, I forgot to mention this. One of the alien guys says to the priest, the aliens are like, we're going to take the stones because it's not safe on Earth. And the priest is like, well, but what are we going to do? Like, we're defenseless if you take the stones. And he's like, the alien, he, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it. They, they, them. It's like, don't worry. War isn't supposed to happen for another 3,000 years, but we'll come back with the stones. 3,000 or uh, 300. 300. Sorry, 300 years. <laughs> we'll be back then. We in the future. I just want you all to know, Stephanie went Sloppenheimer on that <laughs> second <laughs> beer she had, because, whoa. Good. 300 years later, we are what looks like a military base. It's the Oval Office, kind of, I guess. I don't fucking know. Are we on Earth? Yes. In New York. Oh. 
that's not possible global warming's gonna take us all and what year is it they 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 just say 300 you bitch add <laughs> 300 that's really to hard. 1914 all right so 198 no 2014 so it, would be 100 years yeah so it's 2214 no, 2014 oh so it's oh okay i'd not be a lot yeah, no <laughs> shit. So we're at some military base and lay president is there and we see some spaceships and there's some shit going on in space. Okay. All right. And the spaceships in space are talking with the president on Earth. I'm sorry. That's like the president is having a very important meeting with the Navy. He, the ships, he's not talking to the people, he's talking to the boats. <laughs> yes, the, they're autonomous. No, he's talking the to leader, the people in the spaceships. The leaders ships. of the spaceships or the captains? The, the, the military captains, yeah, whatever the fuck. God, I'm trying to, I'm getting into it. I get one sentence in and then Donna's like, they're talking to the ships. Well, I mean, <laughs> this show is a comedy. <laughs> No comedy for the next 10 minutes, folks. I'm sorry. The the comedy killer being the comedy police. My brain is goo. Okay. Gabagoo. I know. This one texted me last night because she was asking me about movies that we have seen, haven't seen to add to the list. She texted me, have you ever seen Wild Things? And I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Like, this sounds familiar, but... (laughs) (laughs) Might as well ask, not fact check. So, the ships in space are in front of some fucking, like, black hole forming. This black hole spits out a fucking planet that looks like it's covered in lava, and uh, this is evil. What? <laughs> the planet? Oh, it's it's evil. It, it is evil. It, okay. it is the antithesis. Its name is Mr. Shadow. Wow. Pla- uh, planet names got so inventive <laughs> 300 it years from now. It talks for, like, two sentences. But it talks. Instead of naming a stupid dwarf planet after a disney dog pretty sure they named it before disney (laughs) that was the joke i don't know if you know this but i make those sometimes sometimes they don't hit oh oh, shit wow i realized that as i said that that was fucking (laughs) i have to pee and my brain is broken i'm sorry rest in peace me i just got murdered so they're like what the fuck is this we don't know Uh, okay i will try to remember because this is too much. President's talking to his peep, and he's like, what do you see? They're like, I don't know. It's a fucking giant planet. It looks bad. They're like, let's shoot it. That's the American way. <laughs> yep. And the priest is like... Different priest. Yes. So this is the new priest of the same order that is supposed to be taking care of these elements. He's the element priest, who is played by Ian Holm. Mm. and he starts explaining to the president i don't know how he's part of like the council of le president that he's like yo i'm a priest i know about evil let me tell you thing so he starts saying evil and evil make more evil it's not one plus one equals two it's one plus one equals evil every villain is lemons what that's a spongebob reference okay i'm not this bitch (laughs) So he tells them that basically if you attack this evil, you're only going to strengthen it. It's only going to grow. They're like, shoot it. (laughs) They start shooting it. What does it do? It starts growing. (laughs) And so it's just a mass. It's a ball of mass. It's a mass. But like, I thought it looked like a comet at first. But then there you end up later finding out that this bitch is like 20,000 miles wide. So it's basically like think at like towards the end of the movie it's like the size of the moon or some shit like that so it's a big bitch they shoot at it 
it gets bitter 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 it, i mean it, it does, does get, get bitter, bitter. <laughs> and then they're like that didn't work let's bring out our bigger bombs and shoot it again what does it do the planet starts going towards the ships and the like commander or whoever is on one of the ships because i think there's like three the president i think at some point asks him like do you think it's a good idea like if we shoot him and he's like i shoot and ask questions later so america we in space this bitch comes at him and uh the dead they all die cut to bruce willis bruce i'm sorry bruce motherfucking willis <laughs> In his swanky ass closet apartment. It what? His closet now it, apartment? You know what a studio apartment is. <laughs> we got the closet apartments now. I was gonna say, is he wearing his Bruce Willis outfit, which is a wife beater and blue jeans? No, but close. If you could take that and put it in the future, he <laughs> is wearing a shirt without sleeves mm -hmm. that is. So a tank top? Skin tight. It's not a regular tank top. It's like. It's like a fashion shirt. A mesh tank top? It's not mesh. It's okay. just like tight, like form-fitting okay. fabric that is just cut. Like it's not loose like what I'm wearing right yeah. now. And like some... He looks good in this movie. He's young. Yeah. He's... I don't know. I've seen his ass. I don't think I would sleep with him. I don't think there's any ass shots in this movie of him. There is in Color of Night, another movie I did with him in it. He's got nice arms. <laughs> I am attracted to arms. So closet apartment he has a fish tank in this apartment he also has a cat it is an all-white cat it is a very cute cat that's animal abuse if he lives in a closet this fish tank i was like damn those are some nice fish they're fake the fake fish do you, you mean that the movie is making it obvious that they're fake or they're fake to for this movie because they couldn't get real fish uh, that's a good question <laughs> is it a budget it's like those i know they it was a toy like in the 90s that it was just a little fish that would float around and like the tail was a oh, separate yeah. plastic piece and there's just air bubbles that make the fish like go in a circle that's what it is okay obviously Considering ladies the fact that this apartment you want to fuck this man this apartment is tiny you're wasting space that's what i was about on to fake say fake fish <laughs> whatever it's like when i bring back the women i roofie i want them to feel safe <laughs> they're just sitting there like, <laughs> <laughs> so bruce's name in this movie is corbin dallas corbin dallas yeah okay I, I didn't google it i don't know we see i've heard the name it's just a weird name he has like a couple of shelves and on one of the shelves he has a bunch of photos and awards we find out that he was in the military and later on we find out that he was a major in the military but something happened well, we never find out oh, what that's not a low rank though if he was a major no it's not he was he was high up there later on i don't think i wrote it down i'm pretty sure like he had he was on some mission and his whole fucking team died and he was like the only one that survived he is now a cabbie instead okay i don't know if he like hears something but he goes up to his door and the door, like, it slides into the wall. And he has, like, a little fucking ring camera, like, next to the door that he can look into the hallway. I guess he heard something. He goes up to it. He looks at the camera. It looks like it's just an empty hallway. He opens the door. And we see there's a dude. And he has a photo of the hallway, like, attached to his head. And he's holding a gun at Corbin. And he's, like, drugged out or something like that. The guy with the gun or Corbin? Yeah, no, okay. the guy with the gun. And Corbin's looking at him like, it's just another Tuesday. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know that your gun isn't loaded? And the guy's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, that, that little yellow button, you have to press it to load the gun. <laughs> 
so he does it for him and the guy's standing there and i don't remember if he asks him for anything but in the meantime corbin pulls out his own gun and points it right at his fucking face and he's like you don't need this and he takes the gun from him but before he does he presses a button on the side of the wall and a fucking rack of guns comes out of the ceiling and he takes the gun and he puts it in the rack so basically what i'm getting from this they never say it but he doesn't live in the best neighborhood and this happens a lot So he has a stash of guns that he's taken from other people who have tried to rob him. And the guy is just like, yeah, that's that's fine. I don't need it. Like, whatever. Like, he's junked out. And the guy is standing in the hallway and Corbin's just like, nice hat. And the guy says thanks and walks away. I was just about to say, we're 300 years into the future and we haven't come up with transporting, but they do some Looney Tune shit where they put something on a hat. Okay, I'm going to break this for you. They still have phone booths. (laughs) And they still smoke regular cigarettes. I didn't write this down, but Corbin has a little dispenser thing on his wall that has, like, tubes, and in each tube is an individual cigarette. And I think it says, like, on the bottom there's a little sticker or some shit that says, like, two a day or something like that. Oh, (laughs) okay. So every, every time he takes a cigarette, like, just one tube opens up. Yeah, because nobody in the past was like, wow, look at this thing in my hand. I can make phone calls with it. Huh. I have an urge to smoke it. Like, that didn't happen. Listen, USB sticks are amazing. So I I guess I didn't write this down. I thought I did. Maybe I didn't read it. What are words? Before the guy comes in with the gun, well, rings the, whatever, he gets a phone. He just ends up in his apartment. He's like, whoa, we're ass to elbows in here. He gets a phone call from someone. We don't know who it is. Later out, later out. Later out. Later, Hosen? No. Later on, we find out that this is the general and of the, the gen- army yes so the, he, this man did not die he's the president's go-to bitch and he calls him and he's basically like oh what are you doing corbin like how's life how's your wife he doesn't say that but i will get to that he's just like just come back man you're living in a shitty neighborhood in a shitty apartment military was your thing and he's like, no, I'm a cabbie now. Fuck off. So next thing we see, Corbin is getting into a taxi. If we have learned anything from Back to the Future, <laughs> two or three? Cars fly. Two. And we're in New York. You so couldn't pay me. They already made the first flying car, but... But like hovering. Yeah, they already made the first flying car. Oh, hovering instead of flying. Okay, fine. But still, you couldn't pay me to get into a fucking... I already don't like driving. Well, it gets worse. <laughs> Fliving? Absolutely not. <laughs> so New York is even bigger than what it is now. And How is that possible? All the skyscrapers are like a hundred floors plus. We would burn so fast. And since cars can hover fly now, instead of regular streets, there's levels of streets. That sounds terrible. So there's levels in New York. Yeah. Where were you assaulted? <laughs> 71st Street. Which level, lady? <laughs> There's eight of them. There's like 20. (laughs) Okay. Back to the priest and the president. That's a Broadway show. (laughs) The priest is telling more lore (laughs) to the president, and he's saying that the planet that has appeared out of space's asshole is there to destroy all life. And he's telling him about the stones and the fifth element, who is referred to as the divine being. And the divine being creates light that is supposed to stop all evil and it also this light also creates life within the universe so i, I guess every five 
5,000 years when some shit happens and they go turn the light on. I don't know, I can't, what sound does light make? <laughs> he's telling him all this shit and he's saying that the only way that we can stop this is if we get these stones and this fifth element being to stop evil. But if we don't make it and evil gets there instead of the good being, everyone's gonna die. Not only on Earth, but in the entire solar at solar system universe. The evil is this flaming bagel bite. <laughs> it's a burnt Tostito. Not Tostito. What the fuck were the little bites? The 3D Doritos? No, the little Hot Pocket mini thingies. Pizza rolls. Pizza rolls. It's a little burnt pizza roll. They're disgusting. My I brother used to love them. We find out that Earth has 48 hours to stop this Whoa. from happening. Joke's on you, you true crime fucks, when the cops are like, 48 hours or you're dead, but they do nothing for 24. <laughs> so the priest is like, yo, we need to contact these beetle aliens because they're the ones that are going to save our asses. I refer to them as the ghoulians. They're the good aliens. They contact them and they're coming. They're coming to Earth. They're like, hold on, are you calling us before 9 p.m.? Because <laughs> it's free after 9 p.m. <laughs> You're calling, my data is being used. I, I only have a certain amount of minutes. Children of the early 2000s. <laughs> Come on. You know, if you listen to this podcast and you know what the fuck we're talking about, why you listen to this podcast, I'm kidding. If you're like, what? We what is she all. talking about? <laughs> all I remember is just hearing the stories of all these fucking girls. It was always some bitch with a sidekick. Yeah, she went over her minutes and her parents took and the, her like the phone, phone bill was like $2,000. <laughs> Do you remember your Faye 5 if you had T-Mobile? Oh, God. I didn't have... I never... I never have... We had t No, we did have T-Mobile. And I, I, I had, had Faye 5. I had a Faye 5. And <laughs> Faye 5 was you had five people in your circle that if you... Those five people, you could call, text them, whatever, at any time of day. And you never was were using minutes for that. It was only people outside of your Faye 5 that it was like you got charged for the rates. T-Mobile was always ahead of its time. They, But they also sucked. They ate Sprint, so. <laughs> Which was shocking, because I always thought T-Mobile was a step above Boost Mobile. T-Mobile is hot shit in Europe. <laughs> so the Ghoulian is coming. But Earth has, like, just like at airports, you have to call in and be like, hey, can I land here? They have to do the same thing for Earth and be like, hey, can I land on Earth? So Ghoulian gets the green light. They're flying into Earth. And then all of... A sudden. I was going to say out of nowhere, but then I started saying all of. All of a sudden, two other spaceships appear out of fucking nowhere, and they start shooting at the Ghoulian ship, and the Ghoulians, they die. Oh, no. So the priest is devastated because... They're like, President, sir, we got you a t-shirt with the Ghoulians on it, airbrushed, and it says, rest in peace. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. We see the aliens in the other spaceship, and they're fucking ugly as shit. You have to look them up, too, because Are I, they those, like, Goomba-looking things? Well, I don't know. They, they they look like a leather sock with ears. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. It looks like another Star Wars character, honestly. I call them Fuglians. They kind of look like what Predator looks like under the mask, except they have those, like, fucking weird Dolby ears. I mean, the skin tone, I guess, is, is similar. Next thing we see after this ship gets blown up is we see a receptionist at some office getting a phone call, and we are in Mr. Zorg's office. Zorg is played by Gary Oldman. Okay. Is he a bad guy in this movie? Yes. He always plays good villains. The Fuglians are calling Zorg, and they tell him, mission accomplished, we got the goods, we'll 
get them to you in a couple hours and he's happy we find out that they're the ones that attacked the ghoulians and they attacked them to get the stones so cut back to the president and he's talking with his general and they're saying that like oh the, the aliens have names but i just call them ghoulians and fuglians because that was easier to fucking remember and the fuglians shot down the ghoulians and the president says well priest you need to get the fuck out because now this is official government business and we can't have no civilians <laughs> here so they kick the priest out and we cut back to the president and the general, and the general is talking to, like, a doctor or something like that, and they're like, we went to the crash, and no one survived except for one person. And he's like, oh, are they okay? Like, can they tell us what the fuck happened? And he's like, well, technically, there's one survivor, but it's not all of one survivor. It's just a hand. <laughs> now, apparently, this hand, humans, I don't fucking remember... Humans have, like, 50 or 60, like, parts that make up the DNA strand or some shit like that. Okay. And this hand has over 200. So they have Great. some machine that can reconstruct the being from just part of this DNA because it has so from many... From one of the ghoulians. Yeah. Okay. So they put this hand in some fucking, like, tube-looking coffin thing. Sending I don't know, it, it looks like- mail room. It looks like a- Yeah, so it looks like that, but just big. Yeah. I was gonna say it looks like uh, an MRI machine, but if it was in a tube. So they put the hand in, and the machine starts doing its thing and starts rebuilding the body. It starts off with the skeleton, then it does the tissue, and then there's, like, a screen that comes over, because uh, it's, it's an actual, like, glass tube. There's, like, a screen that comes over it, and they bake it so they can make the skin. The shield opens, and we see Mila Jovovich and her itty-bitty-titty committee titties. Wait, I thought it was a good alien that they were reconstructing. Are, are we to believe that human beings are in those big fat suits? They never explain it. Why would they? <laughs> because I was thinking that she would be, like, in the sarcophagus thing. Sarcophagus thing. <laughs> sarcophagus. But... The hand that they're rebuilding her from is from, like, the Ghoulians. And also the hand that they put in is holding on to, like, a handle from, we find out later, from a case. Mm -hmm. And the case was what they put the stones in. So, I don't know. It don't make sense. But it's her. And then uh, the doctor's like, put thermal bandages on her. And that's where, if you've seen any photos of her just with, like, white bandages, that's what they put on her. Okay. It's all men in the room. And of course, they're like, oh my god, a woman. <gasps> and, and the general is staring at her and he's like, I'm gonna need to take some photos <laughs> for the archives. <laughs> and the doctor's like, uh-huh. I'm just thinking with my dick. Mm, 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 so mm. some little like arm shit comes out above the tube and like flashes her and she wakes up. She starts freaking the fuck out and she starts talking in some weird language. Now, I don't remember if I wrote this down, but this is a made-up language that they created for this movie. No wonder fucking nerds love this movie. So everyone is just fucking staring at her and the general looks over at the doctor and he's just like, is that glass thick? The doctor's like, yeah, it's bulletproof. So he goes up to it, the general, and he's waving like a card in front of her. He's like, you're gonna need to work on your communication skills if you want to get out of that tube. And she fucking stares at him, like, over or under her brows. Under, yeah. 
punches a hole through the fucking glass, yeah. grabs him and just like yanks him a little bit and just fucking knocks him out. The tube ends up, she takes the card that he was holding and like puts it into the machine and the tube opens up. We got a bunch of like soldiers or military people coming in and they're surrounding the front of her. Instead of going towards where the door is, she fucking yeets herself through the wall. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Now, tell me why. Drew Barrymore is doing bingo game commercials. <laughs> Does that have to do with it? I watched this on Tubi and there's commercials. <laughs> same, because I saw the same commercials. I watched my movie on Tubi. It's like her Both talk show isn't making Tubi. her enough money. No, her makeup line, they're like selling it at warehouse sales for over 90% off. I didn't the even reason... know she had a makeup line. Yeah. The reason why all of these celebrities are doing fucking game... Phone, phone game app, commercials because yeah. you got her you got pedro pascal i saw stanley tucci doing it uh, i've seen a bunch of people. danny devito kathy bates is because when shit started getting bad and everything raised in price and we were still making the same money all the rich people were like i need more jobs <laughs> i need more money you have been in fucking she is hollywood royalty yeah she... <laughs> you can't take it to the grave so back to the movie <laughs> she somehow gets into the ventilation system of the building and cops are chasing her and she punches out a vent and is now on the side of the building spoderman and she's just fucking staring at everything because she's like super high up and it's just she's just fucking bewildered by everything that she's seeing so we see a flying cop car come up to her on the side of the building and they're like scanning her to get her id she has none because what she's is she? She's not an earthling, right? So they're talking to her in English. She doesn't know what the fuck they're saying. So she's like, fuck this. I'm out. She yeets herself off of the building. And she lands in Corbin's taxi. Oh. She crashes through the roof of the car. It's flying, right? Yeah. Even and more precise. Jesus. Earlier on, when he got a phone call from the general, the general's like, why are you still like a cabbie? Like, how many fucking points do you have left on your license? And he's like, 50. And the guy's like... I know you're fucking lying. The taxi talks to him and the taxi's telling him that he has five points left on his license. And when she falls in through the roof, the taxi's like, you have one point left on your license. Like we detected an accident. So he's like, yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. So he turns around and he's looking at her and he's just like, you good? And she starts talking to him in his, in her language. And he has no fucking idea what the fuck she's saying. And she ends the conversation with boom. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got that. He's like, big bada boom. And, and she's saying, big bada boom. <laughs> so the cops come up Sounds to Sounds Russian, not even like. Well, I mean, like, when she's speaking in English, she has an accent the whole time. So apparently, this was like Bruce Willis didn't know what she was going to be saying. So they just like put them in the taxi and she was just going to talk. So the whole big bada boom thing is completely like ad libbed, right? What improvised. Improvised, yeah. So they're just going back and forth, going like, yeah, big bada boom. She's like, big bada boom. <laughs> I take it back. You sound like that fucking blue gonzo alien from Star Wars, the one that flies on wings and is like selling children as slaves. <laughs> so. I forgot his name. I yeah, nerds that tweeted me his name. The the, the first newer ones. That's from the fourth one because right, I don't but, but believe the prequel. in 
Don't say that, Stephanie. Don't say that because the only thing that exists in this world is not, is Jesus Christ. Not really. But Jesus Christ said numbers go like this, forward. So I don't do this back and forth shit. So it's the fourth Star Wars movie. But it's before. No, but it came out in 2000 and something. Right, but the story is before I don't care if it's a prequel. Darth Vader does not exist. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't want to hear that that's the first Star Wars. It's the fourth one. Anyway. Cops come to his car and they're like, open the door. And he's like, okay. And she's in the back seat, like, talking to him in her language, but he doesn't know what the fuck she's saying. He's just like, I'm sorry, like, I have to, blah, blah, blah. And if you've ever been in a New York City taxi cab, there's always little advertisements on, like, the back seat. And there's a little picture of a crying boy, and it says, please help. (laughs) Now, how she knows our alphabet, great question. She reads this, and she starts saying, please help. he's like i can't and she keeps saying it and she's crying and at some point he's like you know what you're hot fuck it i'll help and he just drives away they get into a crazy fucking cop chase he's running away from the cops at some point we hear over the radio like calling in all units or whatever and there's a cop car sitting at a drive-thru at a mcdonald's (laughs) thank god those still exist 300 years into the future (laughs) and the guy is just like i don't give a fuck it's my lunch break (laughs) But of course, Corbin ends up hitting the cab, the car, the cop car sitting on the side so they also get involved in the chase. And this specific cop car ends up crashing into a truck filled with McDonald's. <laughs> okay, full circle. Now, I never write this down, but anytime that there's like, I don't know, flight attendants or like servers, they're all like sexy women dressed in very not work appropriate i don't know whatever attire like the mcdonald's chicks have like fancy ass wigs on and they're like the titties are hanging out and it's like she's wearing like lingerie as like a uniform basically why don't we model every job like a hooters (laughs) there's flight attendants later on same very like sexy outfits Mm. he's still being chased and instead of like driving through all the levels and shit like that he just fucking knows no Noves. He nose dives down to the fucking sub levels. And because, of course, it's New York City, the crummiest levels are surrounded in fog. That is ground level mole people gas. Yes. You will get cancer and die. So they're hiding in this area and it's too crusty dusty for the cops. They're like, we ain't gonna find shit down here. But he's hiding on like the side of a building like this in the cop car, just like glued to the side. They're like, none of my seven pensions covers this. (laughs) So he like finally turns back around. Now, mind you, the whole cop chase, Mila doesn't know what a seatbelt is. So she's just getting fucking flung around (laughs) in the (laughs) backseat. And he finally turns around when he's hiding to look at her and she's fucking passed out in the back. So he opens like the little screen divider and goes and checks on her and she tells him a name cornelius Vito or Veto. i don't remember how it's pronounced and then passes out so yellow pages is still a thing in the future wow he looks up this motherfucker in the yellow pages finds out where he lives and he knocks on the door and he's holding mila like passed out and the priest opens the door and he's just like marriages are one floor down And he's like, what? No, he kicks down his door. He goes inside and he says that she said his name and that she has some weird tattoo on her arm. Like she has no idea. I don't know who the fuck she is, but she said your name. The priest looks at her arm and she has a tattoo of the elements on her wrist 
and he looks at it and he starts going duff, 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 and passes the fuck out mm-hmm. so corbin slaps him awake and then we find out that the language that she's been speaking is called the divine language the priest is kind of like telling him some stuff and then he looks at her and he's like i didn't expect her to be a woman being the divine being and he's like yeah okay cool i have a question just but more might- sexist shit just thrown in randomly might be too early to ask this when the government was putting her back together like mr potato head did they know that the hand they had was the hand of the divine being okay so that was just coincidental it was just the fact that it was the from only thing the left in the wreckage yeah okay so the priest wakes up and he goes to his assistant and his assistant is a young guy i've seen him in other stuff but he's like he's an actor <laughs> Good job. Glad we got there together at some point. His assistant's name is David. So he goes to David to tell him, like, yo, the fucking divine being is here. Like, I know I got kicked out by the president earlier, but, like, we still got a chance to save the earth. So the priest leaves Corbin to try to wake Mila up. And what does this motherfucker decide to do? That's right. He decides to wake her up by trying to kiss her. So I thought you were going to say bitch slap her. No. He kisses her, and she wakes up. She pulls his gun on him. <laughs> And she's saying something in the language. And he gives her his business card and is, like, trying to tell her what his name is. And he's like, Corbin Dallas, like, what's your name? And she says some long-ass thing, and he's like, shorter. (laughs) What's your short name? (laughs) And she says, Lilo. So the priest comes out at this point, and he kicks Corbin out. And before he leaves, he asks the priest, like, she was saying something. He repeats it to him, and he's like, what does that mean? And he tells him that... It means never without my permission. Ooh, I like it. (laughs) And he says, I thought so, (laughs) and leaves. So Corbin goes back to his place, and he gets a call from his taxi boss, and he's asking about the cab, and he's like, what happened? Like, you get into another fender bender, like you scratch up the paint or some shit like that. And Corbin's like, a huge fare fell into my lap, so I I had to take it. And the boss is like, yeah, how huge? And Corbin is laying on his bed and he's like, five nine, pretty face, little itty bit of waist. (laughs) And he's just like talking about Lilu, like basically he's already in love. We go back and we see Lilu is talking with the priest and she's eating and she's sitting in front of a computer and basically learning all of Earth's history. I too also did that. In one sitting, that's why I know nothing. So the priest is asking her about the stones and, like, what happened to them. She says something to him and he's like, oh, that's right, there was a man with, like, a limp that came in. And we find out that he's talking about Zorg. So Zorg apparently came to him a couple weeks before and was asking him about the stones and said that he was an art dealer. Obviously, that is not true. Lilu tells him that she knows where the stones are. And at this point, we cut to the Fuglians going to Zorg's office. And Zorg is some type of, like, illegal weapon seller or some shit like that. So he made a deal with the Fuglians that if they attacked the Ghoulian ship, that they would take this case with the stones in it, and he would give them some crazy-ass weapons. Now, this weapon is, like, 101 type of shit. Like, it, it, not only is it a machine gun, it's also a grenade launcher, it's a flamethrower, it has, like, you can fucking shoot nets out of it. It's just crazy. You can do everything with it. So, he promised them that he would give them four cases of these guns for the box. And they give him the box, and he opens it, and he starts laughing, and he closes it, 
And then we cut back to Lilu, and Lilu is saying, like, the stones aren't in the box. They're somewhere. Uh, I have to meet someone on this planet, and she's, like, pointing to a map of, like, the fucking universe or some shit like that. That's where the stones are. So we find out that Zorg doesn't have what he's trying to get. Does he know that, though? Is that why he was laughing? Yeah. So he's saying, like, the deal is off. You didn't get me what I fucking wanted. And the Fuglings are like, you didn't say you needed the stones. You just said the case. <laughs> They're not wrong. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Cut th- to there's... a scene in Judge Judy. It's them and the aliens. <laughs> And they're like, your honor. He's like, fuck this. Like, I don't give a shit. And they pull their guns on him. And he's like, fine, I'll give you one case. He's walking away from the room where all of this shit was happening. And he's talking to like one of his main goons. And he's just like, oh, well, you know, if they were really smart. He's basically saying that these aliens are stupid. Like, if they were smart, they would have asked me about the little red button on the side of the gun. At this point, we see all the aliens are fucking around and, like, sh- like playing with each other with the guns. And there's one alien sitting there looking at the little red button on the side of the gun. And he pushes it, and they all blow up. <laughs> Where's Zord, though, at this point? He walked out. Oh, like, okay. he's outside, like, smoking a cigarette, some <laughs> shit. He says something like, I guess I gotta do this by myself, or, like, get me the priest. Next thing we see, a bunch of Zorg's goons come in knocking on the priest's door and there's like four of them i think and he says the same shit to them he's like marriage certificates are downstairs or something like that and they look at him and they take him and they bring him to zorg's office zorg is asking him about the stones and he's talking about some shit about the stones create life blah 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 and he's just going on some fucking like banter it doesn't matter but basically at some point he's talking to the priest and he has like fruit on his desk and he takes a cherry and he puts it in a drink and he takes he starts drinking it and he starts choking on the cherry and at this point the priest is like this is my opportunity because when he starts choking he has like a keypad on his desk and he hits it and the doors lock so the priest is like oh yeah you were talking all this shit whatever the priest is basically taunting him and being like all the shit that you were talking about none of it can save you now Uh, all that needs to happen to you is you need to choke on a little cherry and everything is fucking over and while the priest is talking to him he keeps hitting the keypad and we see like fucking paper and like discs flying out of his desk and all of a sudden a little like compartment pops out of his desk and a little creature comes out and it looks like a little fucking elephant okay if an elephant and a seal had a baby because it doesn't things i did not imagine it doesn't have ears but it has a trunk Mm -hmm. and it's like laying flat on the desk a walrus seal and he's like pointing at it an elephant seal (laughs) you're getting too specific but that's you said a walrus i said said an elephant and a seal yeah so i said like an elephant seal no but they look exactly what you like you described. No, it has a trunk. Like they an have a trunk. trunk. No, they don't. They have a, they have a nose. Yeah. It's not a trunk. Only the males have it. And it's <laughs> so they can make fucking fart noises. Okay, but it's still similar to an elephant. That's why they're called elephant seals. Because their nose resembles the trunk of an elephant. It's a blown up nose. It does not resemble anything. It, it droops a little bit. It's not like an actual trunk. It ha- you, He can't fucking move his trunk nose like an arm. Look it up. Zorg's creature. It's kind of cute. I'm more it, He's choking at it. I he's... had the perfect answer for what she was describing. No, because it doesn't look like that. <laughs> but there is such a thing as elephant seals. Yes, I know it's such a thing, but this is a fucking fake creature. So he's choking. He's staring at this thing like, help me, bitch. 
And the little creature's like, I don't know what the fuck you want. And finally, the priest hits him on his back, and the cherry goes flying out of his mouth and hits the little creature in the face. Does this movie have CGI? Mm, yes, but it's a lot more practical effects. Okay. So, Zorg tells the priest that he's gonna spare his life because he saved his. Now Zorg's like, alright, well, the priest didn't tell me shit, so next person, the president. He tells his main goon that we need to find out what the president knows, like maybe he knows some shit about these stones. So, this goon straight up attaches like an old school TV antenna to a little cockroach to infiltrate the Oval Office. I'm to believe that the Oval Office has cockroaches? I don't it does know. have cocaine, so. <laughs> the president and the general are talking about the stones and we find out that the stones are with an opera singer who is going to be performing at some, like, charity ball that's happening on Flostin Paradise. Now, what is Flostin Paradise? It is a tropical planet where people go to take vacations, and there's, like, beaches and shit like that, but the main thing is basically a floating cruise ship. Okay. The goon is, like, hearing part of this conversation, and... He's kind of getting, like, static, so he can't really hear exactly. My favorite remix. <laughs> so he controls the cockroach to, like, go up on the table where the president and the general are talking in front of. And he's right in between both of them. And at this point, the president had a fucking stone in his shoe or some shit like that. He has his shoe off. He just takes his shoe and fucking smashes the cockroach. And when he smashes it, we see the goon like hear the crazy like mm -hmm. of the static and the ear this this effect whoever did this like i remember this just thinking about this movie from when i was a kid he has headset he has a headset on and they just go flying away from his head <laughs> and like fall off we hear the rest of the conversation with the president the general and he's telling the president is telling the general that like i need you to send someone to on this mission and make it discreet so I don't want anyone else to know about it. And the general's like, I know the perfect man. <laughs> Who's the perfect man? Corbin Dallas. <laughs> Such a dumb name. So we cut back to Corbin and Corbin is having lunch. Now set up. Corbin has a window in his apartment and the window opens up and there's like a, it's shaped like a boat. We see it later. But there's a like food truck, I guess you can call it. There's a Chinese restaurant that floats up to his window, oh, and he's talking to the owner. It's like this little old man, and while he's eating, he gets a letter, and it's like from a little shoot, and of course it comes right next to the window, and the guy's like, oh, you should open it, like, it might be good news. And Corbin's like, the last time I got a letter was a letter from my wife telling me that she's leaving me. The second time I got a letter was a letter from my lawyer telling me that he's leaving me with my wife. <laughs> Funny. So the fucking old guy says some like proverb or some shit like that. Like, well, that's all bad luck, but like third time's a charm. Like it should be good luck. And he's like, all right, open it. So the old guy opens it for him and he's like, you're fired. <laughs> he leaves. No, he, before he leaves, he gets a phone call, and it's Corbin's mom calling him, 
and she starts she's like an old fucking like long island mom that's just giving him grief like oh my god you finally fucking picked up like (laughs) i've been calling you 20 times and don't tell me that your answering machine doesn't work anymore because all that shit is automated like you know whatever and he's just like mom like what the fuck she's like so are you taking me on this trip like you know for for all the shit that i've put up with you like you better be taking me on this trip and he's like what the fuck are you talking about and he's like she's like oh you haven't heard they've been blasting your name on the radio for the past hour that you won this trip to floss in paradise now i didn't mention this but radio (laughs) yeah throughout the movie every now and then we've seen like advertisements and like snippets of some kind of like huge contest going on because it's like some charity ball it's a big event and there's a lottery going on for two tickets to go to flossed in paradise and corbin won them every time you start to say this name i think you're gonna say florida (laughs) so he's already like what the fuck is going on this is the point where we find out that corbin was a major in the military he got a phone call from his mom and the second that he picks up and he hears that it's his mom, he tells the little old man to leave. Like, this is going to be a while. <laughs> so he hangs up the phone with his mom. And when he does that, the general comes to his apartment and he says, I got a mission for you. And he's telling him that he's telling him that he basically rigged the contest so Corbin would win. So he can go on this mission to get the stones. And the general came with like two other people with him. And one of them is a woman and she's like fucking big Bertha bitch Svetlana. Like she has Big Titty Bahama Mama. She has um Princess Leia like space buns? C- cinnamon buns like okay. on the side of her head. So they're just buns. They're space buns. But they look like, you know, they- cinnamon. <laughs> they're not like regular buns. They're like flat. They're like earmuffs. So the general tells him Big Bertha is going to be his wife. He says hell to the fucking no. While this is happening, we get a knock at the door and it's Lilu. And Corbin starts freaking out and the general's like, what, what, who is it? And he's like, it's my wife. And he's like, you remarried? He's like, it's a long story. He's like, she knows about my past with the military and she hates the military. And if you're here, like, she's going to get pissed. So you have to hide. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, we're in a fucking closet. Like, where the fuck are we going to hide? He opens up his fridge. He knocks down a bunch of shelves. He, he's a man. He has nothing in his fucking fridge. You can die like that. Hiding in a fridge. He shoves all three of them. How deep is this fridge? How I want it. How deep is this fridge? How deep is your fridge? Look at it. You can th- you can fit three bodies in this. <laughs> oh my god. Your sister could give roadhead in this fridge. So he shoves them in there. He opens up the door. And when he opens up the door, Lilu says hi. And then the priest pops out of the side of the door and holds a gun at Corbin. And he's like, you need to give us your tickets. We need to go save the earth. Mm-hmm. While they're talking, this is just chaos. Cops come. <laughs> and we hear alarm going off on the floor. And now we've seen this throughout the movie, but there's like circles on one of the walls in his apartment where I guess like, because it's a bad neighborhood, if they have like, if the cops come and do checks within the apartment, <clears throat> whoever's living in the apartment has to go up and put their hands on the circles. Okay. So they're going around and we find out that they are looking for him, but they have this like little machine that can scan and look into the apartment and a cop goes up to his door and he does the little scan thingy. Uh, I completely forgot. Before the cops come up to his door, he's like, oh shit, the cops are here. You guys need to hide. So he takes Lilu and 
when he shoved the people into the fridge, the fridge went down into the floor and a shower is on top of the fridge. Okay. So he shoves her into the shower and then the fridge comes back up. And then the priest is like, where the fuck am I going to hide? His bed is like a pull-out drawer. So he puts him on top of the bed and like shoves in the drawer. And then he puts his hand on the wall. So the cops come up to his door and they ask him if he is classified as a human. And he says, no, sir. I classify myself as a meat popsicle. (laughs) They think a different apartment is the apartment that he's in. And it's some dude shaving and this guy is just, I don't know if he's on drugs or just, like, <laughs> he's like, fuck you to the cops. So they're no, like... he's just a regular New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a long line of family members who also felt the same way. <laughs> so he gives them the finger. They're like, oh, we think we found him. <laughs> so they bust in. They they literally tag and bag his ass. They put him in a bag. <laughs> okay. And they're dragging him out. Now we hear that the cops are leaving and whatever. And then we see that or we find out, rather, that one of the goons gets a phone call from the cops, one of Zorg's goons, and he called it in, saying that Corbin was, like, a smuggler of some shit, that he was some type of smuggler, so that's why he called the- the, that's why the cops showed up. And the goon is talking to Zorg, and Zorg is holding his fucking elephant slug baby, and he's just petting it, and he's like, good. (laughs) Now, while this is all fucking happening- the cops get down to the lobby, I guess, of the building, and the fucking Fuglians attack them. Okay. And they take who they think is Corbin, because I didn't mention this earlier, but when the Fuglians are going to Zorg to get their guns or whatever, they have something where they can disguise themselves and they can, like, steal a person's face. So they're basically kidnapping Corbin to steal his face so they, so can, they can get on, on this the flight. Well. Yeah, because now... The main Fuglian, his mission is to get revenge on Zorg for trying to blow them up. Okay. Corbin goes to Lilu because, you know, he loves her. He lets her out first. Now, she comes out of the shower and she's drenching wet. Drenched. Drenching? <laughs> drenched. She's drenched. And he's like, oh, no, I forgot that the shower has an auto-clean setting or something like that. So she's, like, shivering. And he's, like, drying her off, whatever. And then we all of a sudden hear someone that's, like, suffocating. And he pulls the bed out. And the bed also has some, like, auto-clean shit. Because it saran wraps the bed. And, of course, the priest is saran wrapped to the bed. So he lets him out. And they're talking. And while this is happening, Lilu just fucking takes her shirt off and starts trying to get all the water out of it. So they both turn around. And Corbin's like, you want some coffee? And he's like, yeah, sure. When Corbin turns around to start making coffee, the priest sees the tickets laying on one of his shelves. And he takes one of his awards that he got from the military. And he just bashes him on the back of the so he gets knocked out for like a second. They he grabs the tickets. They both run out, and Lilu's like, "What the fuck?" Kind of. I mean, she's not speaking English <laughs> still, so she's just like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "I know, I know, but I had to do it. Like, we gotta go fucking save the universe." So after they leave, Corbin opens up the fridge, and all three of the peeps are like frozen. <laughs> and he's like, "All right, I'll take your mission." It's the fridge. <laughs> Free. I mean it. Even if it was the freezer. (laughs) Well, in the freezer you freeze. In the fridge you just fridge. It's been like five minutes. So next thing we see, David is standing like at the terminal where the flight is supposed to leave. And we find out that he's going to pretend to be Lilu's husband. And and he's going to pretend to be David. Or, sorry, Corbin. David got them like fake IDs. So this is like one of the famous lines, I guess, that you've, or I've heard a bunch of times. 
either the priest or David gives Lilu her ID, and it's called a multi pass. So she keeps saying like multi pass to everyone that she because she can't she doesn't understand the fucking language. So she just holds it up and says multi pass, and her her name is Lilu Dallas. So she's like Lilu Dallas multi pass. <laughs> David, he's a good boy. He's nervous about this whole thing. <laughs> and he didn't expect that he was going to be the one going with Lilu. He thought that the priest was going to go. And he's like, I'm too old to be her husband. Like, you're going to go. <laughs> Jesus. So they walk up to the check-in window. And it's like last call or some shit like that. And while they're trying to check in, David is like kind of stuttering. Because the check-in lady is asking. Because everybody knows that he won the fucking trip. Right. And as they're there, Corbin shows up. And he walks up behind him and he's just like, oh, thanks, David. Like, he looks at his ID. He's like, yo, I thought I wasn't going to make it, but I'm here. I'm going on this trip with my wife. The check-in girl is kind of looking at him weird, but she's like, okay, right. Like, you know, have a safe have a trip. Safe trip. Multipass. And yeah, she's like, multipass. <laughs> and he turns to her and she's like, yeah, yes, yes, she knows. It's a multipass. <laughs> So then we see the priest is sitting and drinking at like a bar within the terminal and he's talking to somebody and he's talking about like feelings and like just just life shit. Like, you know, when you go to the bar by yourself <laughs> to drink, you start talking to the bartender. He says something like, you know, what it feels like to be human and the camera turns and it's a robot <laughs> and the robot just goes eh, eh, and just starts shaking his head. No, I don't know. He's got jokes. Oh, yeah, it has, like, funny, those, like, random shit. So while this is happening, the priest gets another drink, and David comes up behind him and, like, takes it from him, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be on the flight. And he's like, Corbin came, and he took my place, and the priest is just like, I should have never told you to do this. I should have done it myself. <laughs> so he leaves. Meanwhile, when this is happening, we see the dude who they thought was Corbin come in, and it's the Fuglians dressed up as humans. They go up to the window, and they're talking to the check-in girl, and she's just like, Corbin Dallas, you. And, <laughs> and the guy's like, mm-hmm. But he can't hold his face, so we see him kind of like morphing back into, into the alien. Into his original form, yeah. And the check-in girl has, like, a little screen and it pop. It scans him and it pops up that it's, like, dangerous. Like, that the aliens are dangerous. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, oh, just okay, just one <laughs> second. And we see this guy just, like, like shaking. <laughs> and he's with some chick and the chick takes him. He's like, we'll be right back. And they walk away. As they're walking away, the cops are there and there's a shootout or some shit like that. What and the they're... Fuck? They never this explain really New this. York. But... Shitting on New York. In this terminal, this gets more New York. In this <laughs> terminal, there is a gigantic pile of trash. <laughs> wow. Now, this was in trivia, and I didn't write it down, but apparently there's supposed to be, like, more shit that's happening in the story, and there's some type of, like, sanitation worker strike, hence why there's all this garbage piled up. They were like, let's put a real element in New York in this movie. <laughs> the only thing they're missing are the rats. They have their own pensions. <laughs> They're citizens now. So when the cops are shooting at them, they jump into the trash and just fucking disappear. Okay. After this happens, we see Zorg's main goon come up to the window, and he's also trying to check in his Corbin <laughs> Dallas. And at this point, the check-in girl has had enough, and she's just like, "I there's only one Corbin Dallas on this flight, and he's already checked in. Hmm. So she's like, goodbye, and she like sinks into the floor, and he starts like beating on the window. And guns come out of the ceiling and are, like, pointing at him. And he's like, it's just a misunderstanding. 
So he walks away. He goes to a payphone, and he's calling Zorg. And he's like, yo, Corbin's already on the flight. I can't get on the flight. And he's like, I'm sorry, like, blah, blah, blah. And while this is happening, we see that Zorg is pissed, and he's type he's punching something into his keypad on his desk and he's like i'm sorry it'll never happen he's like i know and he presses a button and the fucking phone booth blows up <laughs> the fuck so corbin and lilu are finally on the flight now this flight it looks like a spaceship mm-hmm. like the old school like nasa spaceships that you see like landing or whatever sure i'm sure there's a name for them i don't know what the fuck it's called but this is what the thing looks like just gigantic so they're taking off and or they're they're getting ready to take off and a flight attendant comes up to him and he's like, oh, well, since you won the contest, like you have to go and talk to this guy who's on the radio show that, that so I think this, interview. this contest was run through or something like that. And the talk show host's name is Ruby Rhodes which is Chris Tucker's character. Great. Lilu goes to like their room or whatever and Corbin is dragged away to do this interview and we see Ruby and he is dressed in a leopard leotard. He has a cane, which is also a mic, but he also is wearing a headset. So he uses the mic for like his guests to talk okay. into. His hair is fucking crazy. Isn't it like green or something? No, it's like, it's like a blonde i'll I'll just look it up i know what it looks like it's like a fro shaped into a cup that's on the front of his head because he has two hairstyles in this movie i yes i see both hairstyles okay he's very eccentric Mm. he is the star he's walking through the hallway talking dancing he goes up to a flight attendant he makes her go into a seduction coma she just like he's like whispering to her and she just like and passes out he, like, was asking Corbin a couple questions, and Corbin d- does not give a fuck about this. So every time he asks him to answer something, he does, like, one-worded responses. <laughs> so he gets off of the air, and he has a bunch of, what the fuck did I call them? He has a bunch of, like, yes-men. Okay. And he's asking them, like, how was it? Like, was it good? Was it bad? Like, blah. And they're all talking over each other, and at some point he's just, like, standing there, like, pissed off. And then he just goes, bzzz. <laughs> to like shoo them away and he he goes up to corbin and he's like listen tomorrow from five to seven i'm gonna need you to bring the energy you're too dead <laughs> like i ha- can't have you answering like two worded responses and corbin's like oh yeah he fucking takes him he starts choking him he pushes him up against the wall lifts him off the ground and he's like i don't give a fuck about your show we're not gonna do shit and he's just he's like do you understand he's like <laughs> so he leaves and so the rooms are they're on a plane still yes okay so basically they're taking a flight to the planet right and the rooms that they're staying in within the ship plane are like capsule hotel rooms yeah why don't we live in a time where i can sleep in a room on a boat but i can't sleep in a room on a plane well so this is kind of cool i guess but also weird and it makes sense right like instead of sitting you're laying down it's more comfortable right the bed is like i feel like they only have this in ikea and like warehouses you know they have like rollers where you can just push push shit onto Mm -hmm. so the beds are like rollers because it's levels Mm -hmm. of different beds so you have to like climb on a little ladder to get into the room and you just like roll yourself into the bed so Lilu's already there and he says something to her and she answers him in English and he's like, oh, you can speak English now. And she's like, yes, I learned. And she's like pointing to a little computer screen that she's watching something on. 
and he's telling her like listen this mission is gonna be super dangerous like i'm here to protect you and she turns to him and she says i'm the fifth element i'm the supreme being i'm here to protect you god damn she learned english and had a fucking roast a man all in one day <laughs> as they're talking we hear over the loudspeakers like uh, ladies and gentlemen our crew is going to come around to put you to sleep please so like the room, forever the rooms have little doors on them and there's a button that the flight attendants can push and it basically just knocks anyone that's in the room out so flight attendants would love their jobs if they could do this <laughs> i was like yeah and he's like he's telling like no 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 like he still wants to talk and and the flight attendant like, just goes, nope <laughs> he's knocked the fuck out meanwhile we see the priest was freaking out and he needs to get onto this flight so what does he do he decides that he is going to stow himself away within the landing gear he somehow got onto the term the (laughs) the landing uh what the fuck strip stephanie in this universe i hate to bring it up people you know what time it is wee woo wee woo we're coming in hot on the topic in this universe 9-11 didn't happen no oh absolutely it's so easy (laughs) To get on a plane. There's also, like, crew. There's some, like, bug parasites or some shit that they need to kill before the flight can take off. Okay. I didn't write it down because it was just whatever. The trivia is talking about that it was, like, a toy from the 90s that they just shoved another toy into. He stows himself away. Zorg is disappointed at this point because he's he blew his, his main goon up and he's like, I gotta do this by myself. <laughs> so... We see he's getting ready to, like, go on a flight or some shit like that. Oh, I forgot to say, he's, he, I think his main goon says, like, are you, are you mad? And he's like, no, I'm disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) We get another shot of the evil planet. We hear that it's even bigger. I forgot about that fucking bitch. (laughs) The whole point. (laughs) Uh, This bitch is getting bigger. And the people in, like, the Oval Office or whoever the fuck that's keeping track of this bitch... They're like, oh, it's sending out radio waves. And he's like, is it trying to make a call? Like, what the fuck? It is. <laughs> it's calling Zorg. This is when we find out that the planet's name is Mr. Shadow. And when Zorg knows that it's Mr. Shadow, he starts, like, sweating immediately. Is this his boss? I don't know. It's like the evil supreme being. Mm-hmm. It's not a being. It's a cookie. It knows how to make collect calls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, collect calls. So while Zorg is talking to Mr. Shadow, he starts bleeding from his head. This is never explained. Okay. But I'm just like, does this, like, planet have fucking, like, telepathical powers or some shit like that? That it can, like, make someone bleed for no reason? But whatever. He He's like, do you have my stones? And he's like, yes, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I will definitely have your stones for you soon. But... I've run into some bumps along the way, so uh, my pay, three times the amount. And is Mr. Shadow is just gig? like, money is not <laughs> an obstacle. <laughs> this fucking Ritz cracker <laughs> has unlimited access to money. So the ship airplane has made it to Floston Paradise. And it's basically a gigantic cruise ship. And it's also like a Hawaiian cruise ship. We love it. Because... Corbin wakes up and Lilu isn't in the room. Now, I don't understand how, because there is one door and the door is right above his head. So she needed to straddle this man <laughs> to get out of the room. 
So he gets out, and there's, like, hula dancers, and they have the flower necklaces, and they're, like, putting it on, and there's, like... I thought you were saying there's pudding. <laughs> I mean, there might as well be. It's, it's jiggling. And there's, like, music playing or whatever. So Corbin gets taken by one of the cruise ship ladies' staff, I don't know, to his room. And it's stewardess. a stewardess. Would it be called a stewardess on a ship? Cabana boy? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that specific for cabanas? So, but whatever. This lady takes him to his room and she's telling him that there's the concert with the diva later. Well, okay. So the, the opera singer, they call her the diva. Mm. So the show she is later. She doesn't have the range. What? She doesn't have the range. That's a trivia thing. Corbin is asking like if he needs tickets for the show or whatever. And he's like, she, she says you have front row seats <laughs> with ruby the way she she says you have front row seats with ruby rose because <laughs> everybody's got to say his name fucking crazy mm. whatever next thing you know we're going at the con at the concert through the concert rose is walking through like the theater that they're in and he's already doing his show he's on his little is he in his new outfit yes his new hair okay. yes he's kind of like talking about a couple of people that are there and he talks about one specific person and it's this I don't know, white guy who apparently is deaf, but he's like hot shit because he just has a bunch of hot women around him. So we're just going to have him sit here at the concert and not enjoy it. Well, the, the only reason we He we're, can see the music. <laughs> the only reason he's introduced is because he's prevalent later on in the okay. movie. So we see like a bunch of hot women talking to him and he's just like, what? And like leaning his ear in. They get to the front. When Corbin was talking to the lady that took him to his room he's asking her if the diva is there yet and she's like no she should be here soon whatever he basically wants to see her before but he doesn't get to now this whole time we don't know where the fuck lilu is still but while corbin is going to the concert the diva finally shows up and we see her walking with her squad through the hallway we don't see her face but her figure is super fucking tall and she has like a shawl over her face so okay. we don't know what she looks like and we see her like turn to one of the people that she's with she doesn't say anything the person just nods and starts walking away and down the hallway lilu is standing behind a wall and the person walks up to her and she says like oh the diva's so glad that you're here um she has the stones once the concert is done she'll give them to you while the concert is happening we see the diva is a blue fucking alien with like tentacles coming like, out yeah. of her head. head we see zorg is going to the ship and we get like a little interaction between the captain of the ship getting a message from one of his crew being like oh there's a ship that's breaking broken down and it needs like help or whatever they're like all right let it into this bay it's Zorg's ship. While this is also happening, we saw that the Fuglians are also on the ship and they're dressed up, or a couple of them are dressed up as like waiters. Since the concert started, the Fuglians decide that they're gonna go and break into the Diva's room because they figure that's where the stones are. And they do find like a box that looks like the, the, the stones are probably in it. Lilo sees this shit happening and she's like, not today. And she goes in and starts kicking all of their asses. <laughs> She knocks all of them out, and right after she knocks all of them out, Zork walks into the room. And he's like, thank you for <laughs> finding the stones for me. And he starts shooting at her, and she runs away, and she, like, flips herself into the ceiling, into a vent. And he's, like, that. shooting her through... The holes in the ceiling? She, she, he's shooting into the ceiling to yeah. try to get her. And he, at some point, loses her or whatever, and he just takes the box. And right before he walks out of the door... He puts a bomb on the door and sets it for 20 minutes. 
and leaves. He gets on his ship, pieces the fuck out. Now, one of the Fuglians escaped the fight that was happening with Lilu, and there is a closet in the back of the concert hall where all the other Fuglians are hiding, and he's like, there was an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> and the main Fuglian is like, well, if it's war they want, it's war they will get. So the Fuglians pop the fuck out of the closet, <laughs> and they start shooting people in the theater, and one of the bullets ends up hitting the diva. And people, like, scatter all over the place. And since Corbin was sitting right in the front, he grabs the diva and pulls her off the stage onto the floor. The diva starts talking to him, and she's saying that, you know, Lilu thinks that... Well, she basically knows who he is, so he's Mm -hmm. she's talking to him like, I know who you are. He's like, whoa. And he's saying that Lilu is strong, but she also needs you, and she can't do this without your love. Okay. She needs your love to succeed. At this point, we see Zorg is on his ship. He sits down to open the box. He opens the box, closes it, starts laughing, and then we cut back to the diva, and she's like, the stones are in me. And he's like, what? And as he's doing this, Fuglian comes up. Like, everyone else left the theater at this point, and there's one Fuglian left. And I don't know if he heard some shit like that, but he comes to them, and he's standing behind him. And he's like, inside me. And then Fuglian says something to him, and he's like, give me one minute. (laughs) And he doesn't give him one minute. So he takes him and fucking knocks him down. And he puts a gun to the Fuglian's head, and Ruby is still there. So he gives the gun to Ruby, and he's like, if he moves, shoot him. And he's just like, what? What What do you want me to do? And he's just fucking shaking and freaking out. And Corbin finally figures out what the fuck she meant by the stones are in me. They are physically inside of her. In her body. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. He figures this out, and he says, Ruby! And at that point, Ruby freaks the fuck out and pulls the trigger by accident. (laughs) And then he goes, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And he starts petting the guy's head. And then he's like, do you think you'll be okay? (laughs) Now, the other Fuglians heard the gunshot go off, so they all come back into the theater. There's a crazy fucking shootout. Corbin takes the- goes into her abdomen and pulls the stones out. Her abdomen didn't cut open or any. So where the gunshot went in, he just, like, shoves his hand into it. And she has, like, blue goo blood. Mm -hmm. And he wraps the stones in his jacket, and he gives them to Ruby. He's like, protect this with your life. And then he goes off to fight the Fuglians. Yep, that's a good idea. The man who accidentally shot somebody. (laughs) The shootout's happening. At some point, Corbin runs out of bullets, and he's hiding behind a bar at this point, they're, like, outside of the theater. He's hiding behind the bar, and we see the deaf guy is hiding somewhere close to him, too. And he's talking, he's trying to talk to him. He's like, hey, give me the gun, because there's a dead Fuglian next to him. And he's, like, he's looking at him, and he's pointing to something, and he's like, yeah. And then we see the guy pick up two cue balls <laughs> from, like, a billiards table mm-hmm. and roll them to him. <laughs> and then he goes... And gives him a thumbs up and, like, goes back. And and Corbin's just sitting there like, fuck. (laughs) So, at this point, just fucking total chaos starts happening. Because the Fuglians end up surrounding Corbin. And he stands up and he has his arms up. And he's just like, I was just taking a vacation with my wife. (laughs) I won these tickets on the radio. And... We shouldn't have done this movie. It's already a comedy. (laughs) It, it's pretty funny. The, this part, was I was laughing. Where the bar is, there's like a balcony above it, and Ruby is on top of the balcony, and he's trying to talk to Ruby, and he's go, he's like nudging his head to the side, and Ruby's sitting there, and he's like, what, what, 
what he's he's trying to tell me something what what is he trying to signal me and we see that something fell at some point and there's like a seesaw that got created by like a table and corbin is standing like where the top would be and there's a fuglian standing at the end of it so he jumps onto this and the fuglian goes through the ceiling right next to where ruby is and his head is just fucking popping out of the floor and when this happens the fuglian starts shooting and he ends up shooting all his his peeps (laughs) by accident that basically takes care of everybody else that was like there oh but before that happens corbin finally gets a gun and we see there's fuglians coming up to the balcony where ruby is and he's like where do i go i don't know what to do and he's like stay still and corbin shoots like a human shaped i don't know outline around him and he just falls through (laughs) practical yeah this movie's like looney tunes and fucking it's fun though he saves Ruby, and then Corbin runs away to go see where Lilu is, because he hasn't seen her this whole time. Or, no, they go somewhere, and they see on a camera that her hand is, like, hanging out of a vent. So he goes to the room, he gets her, and she got shot, and she's bleeding and, like, crying. At that point, Ruby and the priests show up. So before this happened, the Fuglians ended up going to the control room. I skipped ahead. The Fuglians ended up going to the control room and they have the priest as a hostage and they have a gun to the priest's head. And all of a sudden, Corbin, one of the Fuglians is like, send someone in because we want to negotiate. So Corbin goes in to negotiate. But before he does, he says that the Fuglians won't keep fighting if their leader is dead. Okay. So he goes in, he has a gun behind his back. He takes it out and he shoots the main dude. And then all the other Fuglians are just like, so now they go to the room and the priest and ruby run in and ruby notices that the bomb is on the door and (laughs) ruby's pointing to it and the priest comes in ruby's like what what is what is that with the numbers (laughs) and the priest looks at it and he he turns around (laughs) he goes it's a it's a it's a and ruby's like no 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 He's like, that can't be a bomb, because if that was a bomb, there's alarm systems on the ship that would go off. And at that moment, the alarm (laughs) systems on the ship go off that you need to evacuate. And everybody starts running to, like, space pods or whatever and going off of the ship. Now, while this is all happening, Zorg comes back to the ship to try to get the stones again. And we see the whole gang is trying to get to a ship to leave and they go into one elevator and as that elevator closes zork comes out of the other (laughs) other elevator and they just pass each other he's going to the room and he goes up to the bomb and at this point there's like 10 seconds left on the bomb and he deactivates it with Mm -hmm. five seconds to spare and as this happens we see that there's still some fuglian that's alive and he pulls out a little remote and he says some shit and he pushes it And as Zorg is in the room, a box opens up with another bomb inside of it. And it starts from five seconds and counts down and fucking blows up. Okay. The squad leaves, what is it called? Unfazed. No, by by the skin of their teeth. Skin of their teeth, yeah. Zorg is bye-bye. So now they have to go back to the cave temple from the very beginning. In Egypt. Yes. Of the movie. How much are flights to Egypt? (laughs) Yeah. From space. (laughs) (laughs) They head away. And at some point they stop and Corbin is tending to Lilu. And at this point, Lilu's fucked up. She's lived through a lot in the past 48 hours. Yeah, f- well, 46 at this okay. point. 
Because we find out they have two hours to get to Egypt from wherever the fuck they are. From Flostin Paradise. She tells him that she's depressy spaghetti. And she's basically like, why should I save life when people or, you know, beings do such horrible things? And Lady? He's like, he's like, what letter are you on? She's like, I'm on V. Uh-huh. In the dictionary. And he's like, there's, there's a lot of good words in V. There's valiant, vulnerable, very beautiful. <laughs> he's just gotta be a stereotypical fucking white American Italian dude. <laughs> very beautiful. It's a very nice word. <laughs> So the president and the rest of the peeps start celebrating because they have the stones, right? And they're heading to Egypt. It's all good. And at that moment, one of the scientist guys is like, uh, Mr. President, uh, it's a little early for the celebration because this planet is shooting itself through the universe to come and implode into Earth. So they're like, oh, fuck. So they call up Corbin and they're like, yo, you need to hurry your ass up and get to Egypt. A sentence that the president would never say. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Lilu continues her education because she needs to finish the fucking dictionary before she needs to save the earth. She's on W now and she types in war <laughs> and she is just staring at every possible horrible real photo of war that you can think of. And the last photo that she looks at is of an atomic bomb blowing up, which is, you know what, very time prevalent right now with Oppenheimer out. And she starts crying. Do you remember pocket dictionaries? Yes. Cool. <laughs> I just thought about them because it sounded like that a little bit, like what she's like learning on, but also because they're obsolete because you just have phones now. Oh, she's on a computer. She, oh, okay. Yeah. And the way that she's learning, because she's the supreme being, she's just, like, insanely scrolling through everything. But whatever. They get to the temple. They start setting up the ritual to prevent the world from and universe from dying. And the priest doesn't know how to do this. And Corbin is like, you've never seen this? He's like, no, I've never seen this. Like, every the last time it happened was 5,000 years ago. Like, what the fuck? So they start trying to figure out how the fuck to do this. So they figure out that each pedestal in the room has a pattern on it that's supposed to match the stone. Okay. So they have to put each stone on its in matching the right pedestal. Place, yeah. But they have to activate the stones. They have to open. Okay. And they're like, how the fuck do we do that? So Corbin goes up to Lilu and she's like crying passed out half dead on the floor in the middle of the room. And he's like, how do we activate the stones? And she's like, wind blows, fire burns and passes the fuck out. <laughs> and he starts shaking her like, what the fuck do you mean? Is this Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, all right, each of you pick a stone, and try to figure it the fuck out. At this point, they have, like, five minutes, <laughs> if even. And David is standing in front of one of the stones, and he says, we're never gonna make it, and then sighs. And the stone opens a little bit. Because it's like wind. And he's like, oh, it, it opened, it opened. So they all rush over, and they're like, what did you do? He's like, I said this. And then he's like, I didn't do shit. And he sighs again, and it opens more. Corbin's like, oh, yes, wind blows. And he blows on it, and it fully opens. And when it fully opens, like a beam of light sprinkles comes out of okay. it. <laughs> sprinkles. So they're like, okay, go to each element, and then, like, whatever it needs, do it. So David runs to another one, and that one's earth. So there's, like, sand and shit like that. He just throws it on top of it. Sand. It opens. The priest goes to the water one. He's sweating like crazy, so he takes, like, a napkin or some shit, wipes his sweat, and wrings it out on it. puddle. 
And then Ruby goes to the fire one and he's like, Corbin, I, I, I don't smoke. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't have a match or a lighter or anything like that. And Corbin has a little matchbox. Now, I don't know this would not be in the future either, but <laughs> whatever. He has a little matchbox. He has one match left. And they're all holding their breath. He lights it and he puts it on it. And they all activate. And he goes back to Lilu because she's supposed to be the last element. And she's like, nothing is worth saving. I saw war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, she now knows what the human condition is. And she's like, I don't want to be a part of it. He's like, no, there there is things worth saving. And she's like, what, like love? And he's like, yes, yes, like love. And she's like, I don't know love. <laughs> I was built to protect, not to love. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> So Corbin's like, I I need you, I need you, like, save us, I don't fucking know. And the priest is whispering to himself, but also to Corbin, like, say it, <laughs> say it. And, and Lilu's saying some other thing to him, and he's like, I, I need you because, because I love you. <laughs> and they start making out. <laughs> well, she starts crying before, and then they start making out. And while this is all happening, we get, like, shots back to the president and his people. And there's one old dude that is counting down to the impact of the planet coming. He is super chill, by the way. Everyone else is kind of, like, freaking out. We're gonna die. (laughs) And he's just, like, ten. (laughs) Nine. So when he kisses her and they start making out, there's a giant beam of light that shoots out of her mouth and into the planet okay and it stops the planet and basically like it looked like there was lava all over it it like shrivels up into itself and it just stops okay and then the guy that was counting down he's just like hmm it seems like the planet has stopped 62 miles away from impact (laughs) and everyone's like oh my god thank god so next thing we see president is walking into the same room that lilu was born in and they're all he's laughing with everybody and whatever and we see the main doctor from the beginning and he kind of like tries to stop everyone and he's like oh i put corbin and lilu into the tube to like help them regenerate or some shit like that sure that's how that works i don't know the future but not and he's like, all right, well, you know, fuck that. Like, you know, we need to celebrate. We, I, I want to congratulate them. He's like, I got 10 meetings after this. So the doctor goes up to the tube and there's like a little window and he opens it and he closes it. And he's like, um, and he starts making hand signals of like mushing <laughs> together. And he's like, um, they're, they, they need five minutes. <laughs> the president's like, I don't have five minutes. And while this is happening, the general gets a phone call <laughs> and he picks it up. He's like, what the fuck? He's president's like, who is it? He's like, uh, it's some woman saying that she's Corbin's mom. And then he's like, give me that. I want to talk to her. And he starts saying like, oh, hey, uh, I wanted to congratulate you and, and your uh, son for being such an amazing person, some <laughs> shit like that. And she interrupts him and she's like, you're not the president. You don't sound like an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) The president's looking at the phone and just like hands it back to the general. And as this is happening, we get a zoom in to the tube and then through the tube. And we see Corbin and Lilu are fucking and making out. (laughs) The end. What the fuck was that? Like, (laughs) it's not bad, but (laughs) it's it's fun. Listen, it's. A 90s movie yeah it's like action comedy kind of but like it's a good movie it's definitely I, I would say this is definitely like a classic that is worth Seeing. watching yeah hit me with that trivia 
Trivia. So the divine language that is spoken by Lilu was invented by the co-writer and director and further refined by Mila Jovovich, who apparently had little trouble learning it and developing it because she already is fluent in four languages. Mm. The language only has 400 words, but her and the director would practice together to like learn the language. So the opera singer is a real singer. Her name is Inva Mula. She worked with the composer together and all the singing that she does was recorded separately and because there's no way that a normal person would be able, because she goes through some crazy fucking ranges, Mm -hmm. no person would be able to go that quickly through all of it. It was recorded separately and then just done in post. Okay. I know what it sounds like because I've seen clips from that scene. Luke Besson, who is the writer and director wrote the original screenplay when he was in high school wow he had conceived the story for this movie and invented the world of the movie as a child so he could escape his lonely childhood what did this man go through jesus christ he began writing the script when he was 16 though it was not released it was not released in theaters until he was 38 why can't incels be like that He also wrote the story in high school, and he made the hero a taxi driver because of his own father worked a second job as a taxi driver. His father did this to support him when he went to art school. So there's other movies that he's directed or written for that he's also included a taxi driver to honor his father. The flying traffic created by the visual effects team at Digital Domain allowed artists to create personalized license plates... Though never visible in the movie, they have, I guess, the renderings for Mm -hmm. the art and stuff like that. The state's slogan printed on the license plate read, New York, the fuck you state. (laughs) That's great. And I have some other stuff, but like those were the best ones. Okay, cool. No, I I liked it. It sounded good. And It's a lot. My voice is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for telling me this movie. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. Mm. Or rewatch it because I haven't seen it in a very long time and it was still very fun to watch. And uh, I think that's about it. We have nothing else to really say. So we're going to wrap this up because we won't stop working tonight. And we'll see you on the next one. Have a good evening, afternoon, night. Goodbye.